This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening, and welcome to the Late Late Tuesday Night Show. I'm Natalie Marr, and you can join me for the next hour, where I'll be discussing tonight's hot topic. Is Radio Dead? And do young people even care? With Dominic James. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out, with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm here on Teachers Talk Radio on the 9 till 10 alternate Tuesdays and this is the Late Late Show with me, Natalie Marr. I cover a variety of topics live and you can listen back to previous shows where I discuss the importance of co-curricula with Nicole Tremblay, where I've discussed gifted students and mental health with Sylvia Garrado Serrano and recruitment and contention and women in leadership with Kelly Brown. Let me introduce myself to those of you who are new to my show. So I'm a drama specialist and director of drama with over 20 years teaching experience in various secondary school settings in Essex, in Hertfordshire and in London. Alongside teaching full time and examining uh, with various exam boards, I have a fortnightly theatre review podcast and that's called Theatre Audience Podcast. So welcome to everyone this evening. Tonight's topic is... Is radio dead? And do young people even care? Tonight, I'm joined by Dominic James. He left the UK for the US in 2016. And after many years teaching drama and media studies, he now works in one of the largest high schools in the Midwest with nearly 6,000 students and some amazing facilities. Dominic, are you there? I hope so. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Welcome from the States. What time is it there? Thank you so much. Uh, It is 5.03 in the afternoon. So I've just got off school uh, and managed to to drive home. And uh, yeah, we've worked out the technology. Fantastic. We have worked out (laughs) the technology. (laughs) Radio is alive. (laughs) Yes, it is. Everybody wants to listen to it. I'm not sure about young people. Oh, and we've been joined by quite a few people in the studio, so hopefully they'll be inputting their messages uh, with any questions they might have for you as uh, the uh, hour goes on. So, yeah, talk to me about uh, about your school, your setting, um, these these different approaches to creative learning. Sure. Well, um, as you said in your introduction, I, I teach at one of the largest high schools in the Midwest. So we're based in Carmel in Indiana, which is about 10 miles north of Indianapolis. You, you may have heard of Indianapolis because it has a large racetrack and people go around it very, very fast. Um, so that, that's what I guess it, it's famous for, this area. Um, but Carmel High School, we, we have nearly 6,000 high school students 
Um, wow. And that's from uh, the equivalent to year 10. So year 10, year 11, year 12 and 13. So we only have four year groups uh, within that time. So that, that's a vast number of students in each year group, uh, nearly 1,500. Huge. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, with the economies of scale, it means that um, there are so many kind of co-curriculars and, um, you know, options that students can take that it's, uh, it's an extraordinary place. There, there are so many facilities, so many resources. Um, and uh, I'm lucky enough to run the radio station. Yes, we actually have <laughs> FM radio station that literally is live 24 hours a day, um, 365 days a year. Uh, and, uh, you know, as an ex-teacher from the UK, it's beyond, you know, anything I've ever come <laughs> Beyond your wildest dreams and expectations. That's, it. That's in- yeah. incredible. Yeah. 24 hours. Yes, yes. So, so, um, so you work 24 hours? <laughs> um, <laughs> it kind of feels like that sometimes, for sure. Um, but it's, it's actually also termed as being student-run. So although I am a teacher, um, my official role is actually the teacher advisor because um, the, the station is actually run by the students, uh-huh. um, by the seniors who've been doing, uh, who've been working at the station for four years, by which time they're all pretty competent at what they do uh, and also very confident and um, they know how to run the place. So That's incredible. It is. So they do all the scheduling uh, of all the live shows and uh, they run the website that we have. Um, they program the computer, which um, kind of keeps an automated system going when there's nobody actually live on air. So we uh, we have all the, the music pre-uploaded, which will run through the night and you know into the early morning until someone turns in at seven o'clock to actually start doing their show. So um, it's an amazing setup, really amazing setup. Wow, and and so much sort of do they have complete autonomy with what with what they broadcast? Like, how is it? Um managed how do you manage that yeah um well we you know we've just been interviewing students to be managers for next year and um one of the things we ask them is uh what are the strengths of the the radio station and almost every single one of them said the the ability to be autonomous to actually be incredibly creative and choose the kind of work that you want to do so it's kind of like a you know a creative writing project you can do whatever it is you want to do in a way that you want to do it so we, although our station's format is alternative rock, so that's the basis of what we play, um, most students will, will maybe do, do a music show to do with um, you know, out-rock uh, music, but a few of them will, uh, will have some, some, some rap songs that they will play. Obviously, they have to be kind of uh, monitored closely, um, but they do that themselves. They're mature enough and they understand the rules um, so that you know, they, will, they, will, they will never play an explicit version of mm. a song. Um, we have lots of talk shows, um, so we, we have news shows where people kind of do a roundup of what's been going on during the week, um, talk about that for a week, uh, sorry, for, for an hour. Um, we have kids doing reviews of uh, local coffee shops, and believe me, there are a lot of co- coffee shops in the area, uh, it's extraordinary. So, um, as in reviewing... Like so they will, they will bring in um, and donuts and coffees and stuff like that and they will they will talk about them live on air it's um oh wow uh, yes and so kind of a bit of, of sponsorship bit of advertising kind of yes they, product they, placement they got, wrapped absolutely in. one right. of them actually works as a barista as well so she knows what she's talking about when she uh, <laughs> she talks about how coffee, you know she she observes how things are made and the, the smell and the taste of things so 
Uh, it's oh. actually quite an informative program, actually. Yeah, so other... sort of like the community. Yeah. Uh, we have other kids do film reviews. We have uh, we have lots of people coming in to, to be interviewed. We have interviews with political uh, local political figures. Um, so there, there are all kinds of things. So it's, it's kind of a mixture, really, between, um, I suppose, Radio 1, uh, Radio 2, and Radio 4. Um, mm. it, it's, it's kind of because we have we have book review shows. We have authors coming in, being interviewed. Uh, it's an extraordinary range of things that the kids do. Wow. And, and I suppose, do, do they have the opportunity to showcase their own music if they were, you know, a keen yeah. songwriter and they've, you know, pulled stuff together, recorded it with their band? Absolutely, they do. Uh, we, and we do that quite a lot, actually. We had a kid uh, on just last week um, who had just uh, recorded his stuff and brought in the MP3s and uh, played them on the station and uh, then talked about you know, the process and what he's hoping to do with all that stuff and so on. Um, and also, you know, there, there, there are a couple of shows that uh, have weekly features where they bring in local musicians. Sometimes they, they're from the high school, but sometimes they're professional musicians or just local people. Mm. Um, and uh, sometimes they'll, they'll, they will play their guitars live. Um, sometimes they'll just bring in a CD or a, yes, an, an MP3 and we'll play it that way. Um, so it's, it's uh, really kind of showcases the local community, um, mm. which is the kind of stuff that I really love doing. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. I'm just thinking from a director of drama perspective now, I'm thinking, so I guess there's, you know, obviously um, links with the with the drama department, maybe an yeah. opportunity to sort of showcase a snippet from rehearsal, come and see our show, or, you know, here's a couple of songs um, from the upcoming musical. Do, do you use it for promotion like that? Or maybe one of the we students do, although... interviewing... Different Bizarrely, characters. not as much working with the performing arts department as uh, as I would like, which is which is odd for me because I yeah. uh, I used to be head of drama and head of uh, creative arts faculty. Yeah. Um, but I, it, because it's student run, it tends it tends to kind of follow the the interests of the kids. Um, so we do do quite a lot of promotion. Um, mm. and, you know, we have done we do promote um, the plays and so on. Um, but. Um, uh, there's, I, I guess, probably the, the area where we work most closely with are the, are the sports in the school. And, okay. And I, if, if you kind of think about the American high school experience and uh, the, the huge um, stadiums, you kind of think, kids don't really play in those stadiums. They do. We have a stadium, a football stadium, and I mean American football, I don't mean soccer, mm, yeah. seats 10,000 people. Wow. 10, thousand people and i am not exaggerating when i say no, that there are regularly really five or six thousand people there for an ordinary friday night game and that's um, that's basically your entire school the six thousand plus <laughs> then another four yeah and so <laughs> parents I, I mean, if i think back to my time back in the uk you get went to a, a soccer game or, or something um there might be maybe 20 or 30 people on the touchline um, yeah, just just lined down the side. Yeah, just lined up, and uh, <laughs> just a few parents. But there, there might be a couple of your mates kind of watching as well, who would jeer at you from the sideline. Um, mm. But the big course, local derby between yes. you know, the two the two rival schools. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that'll be a very special <laughs> occasion to get anybody to come and watch. Um, but there are literally a thousand students there um, every Friday wow. night, which is it's an extraordinary experience. Um, and they all dress up, you know, it's like, it's a different kind of dress up night every, every Friday. Uh, they wow. have themes and, uh, you know, they have concessions down. So the hot dogs and there are burgers and, um, uh, and a review, popcorn. <laughs> review. Yes. Yeah. A review of food. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, uh, and, uh, 
And of course, just before the uh, the football game takes place, we have the marching band. Now, if you, I don't know, if you kind of think about American Beauty, for example, if you think back the mm-hmm. the cheerleaders used to like vast numbers of cheerleaders kind of walking around. And yeah. The, the, the wind band playing as well. And we have four or 500 kids before the game will actually be marching up and down, um, playing their instrument, playing their, their wind incredible. instruments. And they, uh, the cheerleaders are jumping around. And they're incredible gymnasts. Yeah. So, oh, well, I've, I've watched the whole of that. Um, what was it the Netflix series on? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, okay. Yes. I got really into that. And, yeah. you know, yeah, just the way that they drill that is, is uh yeah, so I drill just... choreography hard on a show. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. not in comparison to this. Yeah, they are ruthless. These choreographers are absolutely mm. right, but the the choreography is really really tight. Um, uh, and and it, it isn't just the stuff of the uh, of, of Netflix. It happens in all high schools. It's incredible. Um, so the so on the football team, there are a hundred kids who are dressed ready to play, even though maybe only thirty of them actually get on the field. And so there's it is a massive community occasion. Um, and actually, you know, to think that there are maybe two thousand kids actually all in the uh, the school um, in the uh, the stadium for a Friday night, it's kind of nice for your your family or well, your parents to yeah. know that's where your kids are. Um, yeah. It does help them grow up slowly, I think. So it's quite a kind of protective environment. Yeah, but yeah, a really, you know, huge social event. Yes. Yeah, Wonderful. it really is. Yeah. Um, you know, especially, especially having, you know, we're just a few years out of COVID and, and these kids would have been yeah. indoors <laughs> for such a massive <laughs> period of time to then be yeah. on such a massive scale in, in huge stadiums uh, it must be. A phenomenal yeah, experience. It, it, yeah, it was. It's it obviously very strange playing in uh, virtually empty stadiums a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, and we also cover a lot of basketball games as well. Indiana is really big in, in uh, the whole of the states for for being a basketball state. Um, and our basketball court has five thousand seats in it, wow. <laughs> and it's just staggering. Um, and uh, you know, on a big game, they, they, every every seat will be full. Um, and of course, you know, if kids are used to playing in that, and then suddenly it's completely empty, um, and you can hear the the echo of the ball bouncing on the floor. It's um, it's very strange. A couple of years ago, mm. that's for sure. So it's great to great to be back. Full blast. Yeah. yeah. And so and so, how did did the radio station continue through COVID, or did we have to yeah. go silent? What what was? Yeah. Well, um, because uh, we. Sorry, I'll just uh, gather that again. Just for a very short period of time, um, only a couple of weeks, I would say, um, when we really didn't know what to do when school, everybody was sent home. Um, we just had the automated system going. And then uh, we worked out kind of protocols. Um, and just had, so even though all the kids were at, at home, we worked out a timetable for kids to come in. So they were just by themselves in, their, in the studio. Um, and so we could continue to do uh, various shows. Um, and then when we came back to school uh, at the end of, in the uh, in September or, or August really in America, um, the rules had slightly um, softened, so we were allowed to have kids uh, being in the same room, but fairly uh, but apart from each other with a mask on and so on. So um, obviously we we had fewer people doing everything at the same time, but uh, we managed to get going again. So but nothing stops um, radio students from broadcasting. 
Uh, I have learned no. that to my cost sometimes. They will just keep on going. So the original question is, um, do students even care? Um, you, you can probably pick up from Clearly what they I've do. been saying. They really love it. It's a yeah. very, very popular and an oversubscribed um, program. Um, we have 200 students taking it. And that, that's wow. all we can possibly fit in, you know, with the, the hours we've got available in 24 hours. Um, and so the kids, you know, some of them are in at 6.30 in the morning and um, a late football game or sports game might finish at 11 at night. And uh, a lot of the kids come in during the weekend as well to, to do their live show because uh, they don't get a chance to have an hour by themselves during the school day. That um, is dedication. It really is. Um, yeah. And, I, and did you know, it's that... Uh, it really gives the kids the opportunity to uh, to get um, their teeth into something and uh, to take it seriously. And you know they they have to make their own way to school. They are um, entrusted to make sure that their prep is is good because I'm not there checking everything that they do. But um, I can talk a little bit uh, in a bit about uh, how we get them into that situation. But um, it's it's when you talk about soft skills and skills for employability and, and things like that. These these are just exactly what we're trying to get kids to do that they've become totally independent yeah. totally sensible and they are doing uh they're doing equivalent to a job really maybe not quite the same standard as a, as a professional broadcaster but they're doing the same thing um and uh, they have to take the same responsibilities as a professional broadcaster um and such so that uh, the school actually entrusts them with the keys to the school so they are allowed to enter the building all by themselves go to the, uh, the recording studios and the, uh, the live studio by themselves um, because they give them that much level of trust because they take the job so seriously. Wow. Hang on. Yeah. So they can let themselves into the school building? Yeah. Yeah. And Without an the... adult? <laughs> yes. So I don't know about Alarm you. Alarm bells. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just think about, you know, all yeah. those rehearsals at weekends for yes. the school show where you have yeah. to, you know, go through all the, you know, making sure that there's caretakers on site yes. blah, blah blah health and safety and uh, so the the students are given the keys yes. to the school and you've got equipment <laughs> are they and they're locking up afterwards All yes this expensive yeah. wow yeah it's an amazing levels of trust um are there contracts happen... that have to be signed yeah so all, yeah. All, all that stuff happens um there are there's a video camera on every corner as you can <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh so and also everything they do is is recorded so they, they know all these things they know that uh, and the kind of keys they have the little fobs which uh get recorded at which fob is used at what time and you know when they enter right. the building and so on so um it's not quite you know they just let themselves in and out with a key they are closely monitored but of course mm. you know anybody can get up to nonsense you know within an hour can't they if they wanted to so. absolutely <laughs> But they know that, you know, they know that, you know, they lose, they lose the trust. That's it. They're out. Yeah. That's it. And, and, and all that freedom, that independence, that being treated like an adult, essentially, um, yes. goes out the window. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, and the station's actually been broadcasting since 1963. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. It's not a new thing. Um, and uh, it's got a very strong tradition. Great. Um, and so, you know, so many people in the Carmel community were part of the radio station and, um, and the kids are proud of that, but they're also aware of that heritage and tradition and they really don't want to mess it up for anybody else. They don't want to be the mm. one that uh, makes uh, the, the radio station, make the school lose its license um, because Absolutely. they're very valuable things as well. 
Yeah. It's, um, yeah, so much as their show might be independent, completely on their own, you know, they, they don't want to let everyone else down, obviously. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Wow. And um, so, you know, just coming back to those stadiums, the basketball, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the American football. So do you have students go out and, and cover the yes. sports event and, and report back live the, the scores? That, that kind of, how does that work? So we we have a um, something. It's actually called a Comrex device. So it's uh, and it's like a, a mixer. So we can actually have four microphones attached to it, and you can take it anywhere in the world. Um, so wow. I can actually take it over to the UK next guy next time I come over. Get on the internet, and it will connect with our radio station. It is phenomenal. <laughs> um, Incredible. And it just seems, and it's a you know, broadcast professional broadcast quality piece of equipment. Um, but uh, it just transforms what kids can do. So we cover um, three or four games at least every week. So that could be just down in our local, uh, or you know, our, our own stadium, our own basketball um, uh, field house, or it could be 50 miles away or 100 miles away um, covering one of the, the, the games somewhere else. So we, you know, we can cover extraordinary numbers of games. So we over the course of the year we probably cover 200 games live um on air wow um, so we you know we cover football we cover boys soccer girls soccer uh, fo- uh softball baseball um lacrosse boys lacrosse girls lacrosse we've just started doing volleyball um and basketball of, of course which is a huge thing over here so there are so many different sports that we actually do cover um and uh I've got about 30 students who are dedicated sports broadcasters uh, and they just have to take in turns and there are four of them on a crew. There's a, uh, what we call the, the main person is the, the play-by-play and the person that kind of jumps in every now and again to comments called the color. And then we have people doing pre-game shows, half-time shows, post-game shows, somebody in the studio. So there, there are four or five people involved in every sports broadcast. And of course, um, m- many young people just love talking about sports and it's extraordinary that the statistics that they can memorize about their own school teams is amazing um, and if you know anything about american sports they they love their statistics so if you watch mm. any kind of baseball or basketball they will constantly talk about number of statistics well at high school level as well every single student from about the age of 16 has got an incredible um file of statistics so they can just Click on a website which is devoted to student <laughs> athletics, <laughs> and it will tell you yeah. uh, how many times a, a quarterback uh, has has been knocked over by somebody else, and how many times <laughs> he's thrown the ball and somebody else has caught it and intercepted it. Um, it's incredible, uh, and they have all the statistics for every school right across the, the, the state. Oh wow! So this isn't yeah. just your own school team this is no, this is the, the stats on the, the, the opposition yeah oh, wow. the american schools really take their their stats very very seriously uh, and oh, but of course there's a lot of money in it and, and yeah of course oh, if there are five thousand people coming to a game yeah. um you can imagine how much money they make and, and they are charged for it so it's unlike the uk we just turn up mm-hmm. um they, they may be charged five dollars or ten dollars um, what this is it at your school for a seat for school. one of these ten thousand seats in the stadium? Yeah. yeah. So they can make fifty wow. grand uh, oh on a Friday goodness. night. 
<laughs> which is how we can afford to have, yeah, have all these the stadium things. these facilities yeah. this is this is where part of the funding comes from i yeah. mean that's incredible just 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 you know that that website and the stats you know and, and you know this is college this is school yes this, this is incredible yeah. i mean I know, I, I mean, the, the sport that I probably know the most about is golf because my son's, you know, golf college, he's 17, he wants to be pro. And I know that when you go on the England, uh, England golf, you can, you can click on you know, different people and, and then you can see their stats come up for that match, that game, that competition or whatever. Um, but I mean, that's incredible to be able to have all of that yes. at, at yeah. college level. Um, yeah. And just to be able to pull it up, I mean, I mean, this 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 beats me on sports day on the microphone yeah. in in my various school settings where I've always had to do the commentary, and I get shoved a piece of you know paper which is getting wet in the rain. Um, I used to do with, exactly with the same. Who, I loved yeah, it. I love it. I love it. Where you know where you're told you know that this is the school record for this race, and then as you're doing the commentary, you're like, oh, are they going to beat it? Yeah, you know. And it's, yes. But this is like a whole a whole different different level to actually have it all you know it is well my commentary was fairly tongue-in-cheek I don't know how you (laughs) do yours Uh, but these kids take the whole thing very very seriously yeah um but part of this this whole employability thing these stadiums they we actually work in a media box so (laughs) or a media it's a media room it's a box is the wrong word completely yeah because um all the coaches uh, are up in that in the area uh, when I say all the coaches, there are about a dozen coaches for each team. Right. A dozen coaches for a high school game. That's just... <laughs> it's incredible. And mm. we sit behind them um, and we sit next door to the professional radio uh, station broadcasters. Uh, yes. So the professionals actually broadcast high school games on the radio. Yeah, um, this, and this the room is just, next to it's us, another world, isn't it? The it TV, really is. the professional TV station. <laughs> <laughs> filming and commentating on a high school game it is yeah. beyond our understanding uh if you're a uk person and in the other room we've got our i haven't actually mentioned we have a tv station as well of course um wow yeah so, so that's, that's that's rolling with the set you know like like what you're rolling out in in radio yeah. i presume are they are yes. they rolling a similar television uh, broadcast it's similar it, it is it is similar yeah yeah. Uh, because because there's very much you know, there's much more technology and kind of equipment to, involved in a, a TV broadcast. They don't they don't tend to do away games like we do because we can just put no. things in a briefcase and go. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know the, it's it, it is extraordinary the the technology and the resources available. Uh, but because we're actually as I was saying we we actually broadcast right next to professionals, um, and they you know they they get tips. Um, from the from the old guys but often the old guys are actually asking the kids the information yeah. because they're there every week they know how yeah. to pronounce the names um, <laughs> and uh and, and it's fantastic you know it's it's like a, an internship but it's just yes. normal behavior um, wow and and yeah it's it's foot in the door massively yes yeah. they recognize you so when you you know when you go and ask for work experience i mean i guess the work you're already there doing it yeah <laughs> Yeah. You've got the work experience. They yeah. know you can do it, and then it's just the next step is come with us to this. Or exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it, and it's lovely for them to see, you know, what what's actually involved in a, uh, in a in a commercial broadcast as well, which is you know pretty much the same as what we do. But um, you know, they have to throw in that, um, commercials and stuff like that mm. as well. And um, you, uh, mm. 
uh, yeah, it's, well, it's that's, amazing. That is, do you know what? That that leads us seamlessly, <laughs> seamlessly to that halfway point in my show where I hand over to uh, listen to uh, our our John Cat Educational Sponsorship Partnership uh, moment, which then leads into the news. And then we'll come back and talk maybe a little bit about um, censorship and, uh, you know, and how, how, how you roll with that in terms of yeah. the kids and content. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Schools Week reports the government is set to offer overseas teachers who come to England to teach languages or physics a £10,000 relocation premium under a new trial. The premium would be open to both trainee and established teachers working outside of the UK and will be paid at the end of their first term. Under the plan, there would be no need for the money to be paid back. The Department for Education said the trial could support up to 400 people to relocate, with the full cost adding up to £4 million. According to recent data, secondary school teacher recruitment targets have been missed for all but one of the past 10 years and last year they fell short by 40%. The pilot for this new programme will run in the next academic year. In strike action news, industrial action has been suspended by NEU members in Wales. The action is halted whilst a new pay offer is considered. In a statement reported on a range of media platforms, NEU leaders in Wales said that following discussions with the Welsh Government, a new revised and fully funded pay offer will be put to members. The planned strike for the 15th and 16th of March will now not take place, although these dates remain for action in England and will continue to go ahead as planned. The revised offer for those teaching in Wales is said to be worth a total of 11.8%. The offer will be voted on by members of the NEU in Wales via electronic ballot. NEU leaders Dr Mary Bowstead and Kevin Courtney thanked the Welsh Government for the constructive approach to finding a resolution and contrasted it with the behaviour of Gillian Keegan, England's Secretary of State for Education, who they said was preventing talks in England by refusing talking to ACAS. Teachers in Scotland, who are members of the EIS union, have also voted to accept their latest pay offer. This will see a 7% rise backdated to April 2022, a further 5% next month and another 2% in January. NESUWT members in Scotland have yet to vote on the offer. Student loans are back in the spotlight after changes to the system. Channel 4 reports that student loan repayments will rise for those in the next cohort of students in England, as the repayment threshold is to be dropped. The government has said this makes the loan system fairer for taxpayers and students, whilst education experts say it will make low to middle income graduates worse off. Current students will only make 9% repayments when they earn over £27,295 a year or £2,274 a month 
or £524 a week in the UK. However, if you're starting an undergrad course or qualify for an advanced learner loan on or after August the 1st, 2023, those students will pay 9% of their income over the lower thresholds of £25,000 a year, 2083 a month or 480 per week. Students on the new plan won't be expected to make payments until April 2026, but the length of repayment is also changing. Current students pay until the debt is cleared or for 30 years, but new students will pay until the debt is cleared or for 40 years. Full details of the changes plus comments on the impact many believe it will have can be found on Channel 4's website and all data has been subject to the outlet's fact-check system. Finally, a writer who wrote a book on the topic of online misogyny has given an interview to The Guardian. Laura Bates wrote Men Who Hate Women, The Extremism No One Is Talking About, and it was published in 2020. In the interview, she raises concerns about the widening gap between generations who have never known a world without the internet and those older generations struggling to understand and keep up. She talks in particular of the impact this is having on what she describes as the millions of girls who are realising the impossibility of escaping from harassment, revenge porn, deep fakes and the difficulties in navigating a world online. Bates sees the problem in its broadest form, not just an issue with influencers like Andrew Tate. In fact, she says she wasn't even aware of him until last year. This, she says, is worrying in itself as there is a danger that the well-intentioned coverage will only boost his profile and that if and when his influence wanes, many will think it is a case of problem solved, when actually the problems and attitudes that give rise to people like Tate will continue. Full details of the article can be found on the Guardian website. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. So, um, for those of you who have just joined us this evening, I, I'm Natalie Marr. This is the Late Late Tuesday Night Show, and I'm joined by Dominic James. Uh, he left the UK for the US in about 2016, and after many years teaching drama and media studies, he now works in one of the largest high schools in the Midwest, uh, which has got nearly 6,000 students and some amazing facilities that we've been talking about in the first half of the show. So um, welcome back. And uh, we were going to talk about um, censorship. So the students have an amazing amount of uh, independence and, and autonomy with regards to this 24-hour news feed um, that, that, that they're able to provide on this radio station within the college. How do we keep a check on, on content? Yeah, it's um, good to be back here. Now, can you hear me, Natalie? Yes, uh, I can, loud and clear. Back here after the break, great. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a monster, really. You, know, you give students uh, the opportunity to uh, to be creative and do what they want to do, but, of course, it can turn badly very, very quickly. Um, so it's all about the kind of preparation and, um, I suppose, the, the training in the first place. So before they're allowed to go into the studio by themselves actually for the, almost the whole of the first year it's it's actually quite a, an academic class that we teach so mm -hmm. we teach them the skills of journalism uh, fundamentally in the first year um, and how to make sure that whatever you say is 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 factual um, it uh, it's well balanced um, and it's uh, been phrased in the, in the in the right kind of way 
Uh, we spend quite a lot of time looking at um, broadcast law. We discuss ethical issues and so on. So students spend a lot of time before um, they go anywhere near a, a live mic. Um, it's been instilled to them what they can and they can't say, uh, the kind of words that they're allowed to, to use, uh, the kind of music that they're allowed to play. Um, and Indiana is actually quite a conservative state as well. It's not like California, which is maybe where we, we have a lot of uh, American movies and so on. Um, it's, uh, it's very conservative with a small C. Uh, Mike Pence lives just down the road, for example. Um, this mm -hmm. is one of his, you know, it's his state. So um, people are, have very traditional views in the community. Um, people uh, are very religious, um, generally. Um, whether they are Christian or Muslim and so on, there is, uh, um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a real sense of um, faith in the community. People take that that, that part of their lives very seriously, um, and they like good old-fashioned uh, apple pie values. And so we have to kind of take that on board as well with whatever we we actually want to put out. So we have to be quite careful. Um, so we we talk to students quite a lot about that in their first year. Um, and while they're learning kind of how to use their voice and how to create audio production in recording booths, um, so they're kind of trying things out, but to, for, for no bigger audience than their own classmates, they kind of work out how to do things and how to, how to speak and uh, how to use all the equipment before they actually have the terrifying experience of going live on air in the live studio. <laughs> um, so it's not like they're just thrown in there. They're, they're given a kind of a long run in before they actually go out there. Yeah. And um, I mean, I'm, it's impossible to tell how many people actually listen to the radio um, because we're not a big enough station that people will actually do any proper surveys. Um, but uh, I know, that, you know the most common time that people will listen to the radio is in, in their car radios. Um, mm. And we get a lot of people giving us feedback from their car radios or um, that they were listening to us on the car radio. Uh, we also have a, a website where we live stream things. So if, you, if you'd like, or you could listen to us right now on whge.com. Uh, I have no idea who's broadcasting at the moment. I hope that's okay. Um, Maybe but, in uh, 22 minutes time, obviously. You know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, but uh, I can tell by looking at the, at the website that uh, our lowest, we, we always have like a background of 300 people listening at any one time, just wow. on the website. Um, yeah. And some of those people will be in the UK. Some of those will be my friends. Some of them will be my family in Australia. Um, but we have people living in Russia, in Korea, um, oh. Kazakhstan. It's, it's extraordinary the, the number of people we, we, we have listening to us all over the world. Um, but we, you know, if we have a, a big football game on a Friday night, there'll be uh, 5,000 people listening to us. Um, wow. On the on the the website, let alone um, you know on the on the radios, mm. um, we have a, about a ten mile um, area that uh, people can listen to us from. Um, wow! On air, so uh, just about everybody in the Carmel City community and slightly beyond can listen to us. And as a result of that, do you get some students who decide, oh, I definitely just only want to cover the big games because then I will get a bigger following. I'll get a you know higher listenership well they can't decide to do that but that's obviously what many of them want to do right um, but because there are 30 of them it is very very competitive so mm -hmm. we actually have to audition at the beginning of each season um, who's who's the best play-by-play -play, um, announcer for, for any sport um, mm -hmm. and uh, so the, the best people get the the best slots um, and 
the uh, the people who don't do quite so well pick up the uh, what we call the the JV games or that the, like the second um, eleven um, or maybe even the third eleven. So uh, there's definitely a pecking order. Uh, okay. Student run the, yeah. the the actual sports managers. There are two of them. They listen to all the auditions. They make the the tricky decisions. They inform the, the students who actually has made the grade. Uh, and I, I don't envy them that job because there are going to be mm. usually 25 students who are very disappointed. Oh, wow. Well, uh, yeah. Who think they are the best people. Yeah. Well, um, you and I both know what that's like with auditioning yeah. for school shows. Yes. You know, uh, you, get, uh, you get 100 yes, it's, 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 it's really, really hard, but, isn't it? Yeah. And it's hard yeah. enough for us to do that, isn't it? As yes, teachers. It is. Yeah. Um, and is there is there a way that students can progress up the ranks? So, yep, they might be on the yeah. bench, but yeah, how, yeah. Do they, um, you know, how do they move well, generally, up? Generally, it does work out that it's the seniors, it's the eight, eight, 17, 18 year olds who, who do have the, the big varsity um, jobs, but that's not always the case. Um, hmm. Occasionally, um, somebody who is a junior um, or the equivalent to first year A level um, will, will, will manage to get in there as well. Um, but um, you know, I think they, they kind of understand that, you know, the younger kids, they have to do an apprenticeship. You know, they, they do the the other games, they kind of understand how to make the equipment work. Of course, you know, it's a different set of equipment and they, they will make mistakes to begin with. Um, you know, the microphones are different and it's quite tricky and scary. Um, being in the middle of a huge stadium with the crowd screaming and the cheerleaders making bizarre noises and... Uh, uh, it's quite off-putting. So they have to learn the craft, really, before they are given the opportunity to have broadcast to 5,000 people, for sure. Oh, it sounds fantastic. I wish I'd had these opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. It's and, you know, because of the um, the games, we have the, the equivalent of county competitions, well, they're state competitions. Indiana's got about 6 million people. So um, the the competitions, which, you know, you'd have in the, cover, the city and then the county and then nationally in, in England. Those things happen quite quickly um, in Indiana because it's a, you know, a slightly smaller population. Um, and so we end up, play, uh, so the, 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 the schools to win the competitions, they have their, um, their finals actually in the huge stadiums, which um, are actually you know, the professional stadiums in Indianapolis. So the Colts Stadium and the Pacers Stadium, where there are tens of thousands of seats, um, and we get to go. And because our school is, you know, it's a big school and it's successful at sports as well. Um, I've been uh, with my students to broadcast in those huge media spaces, like Wembley. You know, it's the size of Wembley. Yeah. Some of these things, um, and uh, the, the kids get to go and broadcast in these in these extraordinary places. And of course, you know, for a, a state final, there'll be. A huge number of people listening to them. Um, it's amazing. Uh, Phenomenal and opportunity. Very daunting as well. Um, yeah. So th they do need that experience before, um, you know, that, I mean, it's terrifying if you think about it, that there might be 10,000 people listening to you. Um, so they, they have to kind of earn that spot for sure. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, right. This, I think we need to just establish. So this, this is in college. This is phenomenal opportunity yeah. Yeah. independence facilities this is the subject that they've opted for or there's yes. hundreds of subjects or this is an assessed subject this um, is co-curricular how does this fit into into college so, life? um assessment um in uh, in, the, in the us is actually very very different from the from the uk 
even though that um, uh, English and math um, are, they, they have kind of national standardized tests um, right up until they're 17 or 18 years old. Um, they are, and they have the opportunity to do the equivalent to A-level exams where they sit down and do written papers and so on. They don't have to actually do those, those uh, written exams in particular subjects. Um, so um, some kids who want to go to the top universities will, will do that, but it's still not a necessity. Um, they're still picked on the, basically their English and math scores and what they do um, uh, in school generally. Um, and one of the things that they do is uh, um, what they have to write about and that they're interviewed about um, and we write references about are their leadership skills. So, um, and for them to get scholarships, which is, of course is very important for a, um, a university education in America because they cost so much money. Um, what, you know, the biggest thing they ask often in, the, in recommendations is what, what kind of leadership has this uh, young person shown during their, their time as a high school student. So. It's really the the um, there's a lot of trust put into uh, what an individual class teacher has to say about a student. Uh, and going back to specifically to talk about assessment, even though we have assessment guidelines uh, and we have a, a basic framework for the, the areas of journalism and broadcasting that we cover, um, we are not moderated by an external agency. Basically, um, if I say something is worth 82%, then nobody challenges me. Um, wow. Uh, yes. I, know it's, <laughs> it's, I, I could not believe this when I first started teaching. You were like, what now? How, I know. I'm sorry. What, where's the, <laughs> what, what do I, where's the boxes I need to tick? Sorry. Where's the, what, no, sorry. Where's the exam board? Where's that sheet? I need the form. Where's the top sheet? Yeah, there is absolutely none of that. There's no visiting examiner for you to kind of get tense about and then argue with at some point. <laughs> well, we don't um, get the opportunity to. I, you know, I, we never argue with examiners, obviously. <laughs> uh, so the, yeah, the GCA visiting examiners, the, uh, yeah, the A level yeah, yeah. examiners. Uh, I used to teach BTEC a lot as well. And, mm -hmm. and when they came in for a whole day, it was terrifying. You know, look at the paperwork that they wanted to see and so on. And of course, <laughs> we, we spent so much time, don't we, as, an, yeah. as UK teachers, getting all that stuff sorted mm -hmm. and teaching for the exam. Uh, we just, we don't have any of that stuff. Um, it's so liberating, wow. <laughs> really is liberating. Um, and certainly my English and math colleagues, they are very jealous of me because um, their curriculum is very tight, like it is in right. the UK. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, for the option type subjects like, like radio, like TV, um, yearbook, we have a newspaper as well, which uh, is, is fantastic. And uh, if students want to, um, and, and drama and singing and music and, in fact, marching band is actually, you, you get graded for that if you want to do that as a class. Um, the, you know, people see real value in the, uh, the non-academic subjects as well, traditionally non-academic subjects. So, of course, anything to do with journalism is academic as well. Mm. Um, but it is really liberating for a teacher not to have to worry uh, about getting the assessment absolutely spot on for every assignment. So there's a set, yeah, so it's a, it's a real sense of trust. Yes. A level of, a level of trust and, and a level of, it's just a, a freedom and yeah, and I I'm, guess you can differentiate more to the individual student in precisely yeah so um you know this um, their strengths 
I, do you know, I, 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 I've been out of the UK for, for seven years now, and I, I have forgotten the, the phrase that we used to use all the time, the assessment for learning. It's that, you know, you'd, list, you'd see where students were at the end of a class and then kind of design what the next lesson was going to be about. Um, uh, and in the UK, sometimes it's really very difficult to do that because you have to move on to the next thing. You have to tick the next box. But the, what I do now, um, my next lesson is totally designed on what the individual student needs to do um in order to get better and uh of course that, that's lovely isn't it because you actually feel like you're doing the job that um you train to do which is to actually help young people get better at uh, the subject that they're, they're doing with you mm. um, i you know i'm in my 60s now um and uh i i still love what i do and I, I'm not sure I would still have that same love of teaching young people um, if I was restricted in some of the ways I used to be restricted back in the UK. Um, mm, that's really, really, really interesting. Um, yeah, that's, it's, it's interesting to think, you know, where, where will I be in, in 20 yeah. years time? Yeah. Um, and that is that, yeah, that is really interesting. I mean, obviously, syllabi comes and and changes every sort of six to eight years depending on your subject and and, and what's going on in the world yeah. and you know we're changing from letters and then all of a sudden it's numbers and um and you know and the, the set texts might change and then you know or you could change because you're like right I've taught that for a couple of years I'm going to yes. switch and do this but but yeah I mean I, I guess your curriculum um is has the freedom to evolve over time and particularly with yourselves and uh, the television department you said yeah. I guess as technology evolves and and changes so can you um, um yes I just want to throw in here also that yeah. um we we are in control of those changes as well so you know even a obviously an individual individual teacher will you know adapt their schemes of work to fit into the way that they want to interpret yeah. the, the framework obviously. Um, I'm currently part of um, the uh, review of our curriculum area, um, so for the, for, the, for the whole Carmel area. So I'm, I'm working with um, teachers in other schools and so on. Um, and, but we are actually the people who are defining what is going to be taught for the next seven years in the journalism areas. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So instead of the exam board or even a politician telling us what we're actually going to be teaching, we are given the... Um, the opportunity to say what we want to be taught and how we want to teach it. So the working party that I'm in, there are uh, about eight of us as a as a principal, a head teacher. There's, I suppose, the equivalent to um, the advisor for the for the area, um, and um, teachers from from different uh, schools and, and different grade levels. Uh, and we're all kind of hammering out what it is that we need to do to adapt to 2023, um, because of course, you know, in in journalism and um, media generally things move on so fast mm. so and again that's it's fantastically part of a system yeah. where you know we are making the changes they're not being done to us that's great and yeah, yeah. so you get you, you're driving that from yes. the inside which yeah. sounds like it makes sense <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hopefully hopefully yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I mean, the down, I mean, I've been saying how wonderful all, all this is. Um, mm. it, it is very freeing, but of course. Um, with that, you know, we, we still have to work very long hours in order to keep yeah. on top of it. Um, and so what's your, what's your normal party. day? What's, um, your, what's your average? Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Teaching. There is no average day. Every day is completely different. But um, 
but how, so how does the so the teaching days from nine nine till four um and but because i have students broadcasting um before school and, and after school um i i go in probably a little bit earlier just to check that things are, i mean they don't need me to get started they don't need me to be there all the time yeah um but uh, i i am around there for those things the thing which probably takes up the most time for me is um traveling to away games with students because uh um while they're, they're quite happy setting things up in our own stadiums um obviously going to a different school um has a, you know lots of health and safety risks so uh, yeah. there has to be a member of staff that goes with them right. um and we, we do all kinds of community activities as well so a couple of weeks ago um we did a, a huge fundraiser for our local hospital which is something we do um uh, every year uh, and uh, we we did um, 48 hours almost non-stop live broadcasting over the whole weekend um and the kids in and out all the time and of course that's there are, there are lots of things going on there um so uh, yeah i'm in the station for most of that time as well so um there there are times when it's it's pretty intense and very long hours yeah um but uh, it's kind of worth it i mean the, the students raised over thirteen thousand dollars um, from people phoning in. <laughs> yes. That's unbelievable. I've, I've stopped it, it, saying wow, by the way. I realised that my my go-to response was that's incredible and wow. Yeah. And for the listeners, they'll be like, does the woman have no other vocabulary? <laughs> uh, so, I, so, I, so I just held on to that one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I did yeah, it again. <laughs> it, it, is, it is difficult to comprehend. Blown um, away. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't actually said this, but... Uh, the, I mean, obviously, I live in, uh, or the school is in a quite a uh, an affluent area. Um, mm-hmm. So, but but it is a public school. Oh, sorry, right. but, but now by that I mean a state school. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's run by the local government and a private school. Mm, um, that was going to be my next question. Is this right. is this like a one off? So this particular school, six thousand students, such a yeah. amazing facilities, or is this every school in the US? Certainly not every school in the US. Um, for the area that I live in, there are probably six or seven schools which are very similar to this one, um, and they are vast. Um, so you know, a large number of students can get the benefit of these things. Um, but I'm not going to pretend that um, in the city, Indianapolis schools, which are older, um, have got older buildings and so on, um, they don't all have the same resources that we do, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but um, uh, and, and I guess some, many of those schools might be more um, akin to the, the kind of thing that we, we're used to in the UK, um, where uh, you know, funding is, is generally tighter. So, mm. and 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 I guess you know you said that some of the funding obviously comes from the ticket sales of these, yeah. from the, you know the massive stadium. I'm, I presume yeah. that the stadiums aren't this large in in all of the schools in the area. Or no, but while um, they're not as large, they they will still have you know decent size. Um, uh, numbers of seats going in there. So um, I would say that, uh, um, you know, they, they, they've still got the opportunity to make a reasonable amount of income from, from doing that. But uh, again, I guess because, um, because it's an affluent area, students, uh, parents have more disposable income. So probably more parents will come to support their students, uh, their, their, their children as well. Um, so, yeah, as in the UK, you know, the, the schools in the wealthy areas, they tend to um get better and they um because they are nice and they're already in a, a slightly better place and uh that system is is flawed in just the same way as it is in the uk mm. and and how does so you said it's from year 10 upwards yeah. your 
your college. So how how does entry work in into the schools? Is it is it selected on area? Is it sort of yeah, it's, 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 it's your area. Your child um, goes, or is it exam? How does it work? Um, so if you live in the area, you you go to your local high school. Um, it's a uh, and our school is is kind of oversubscribed so I, I, it, I think it is possible understandably it is possible for some people to uh, to get in um with special cases as is the case in the uk um mm. uh, for example teachers student uh, teachers uh, children um will be kind so of there's a list of criteria yeah. like there is in the uk yeah, yeah. you know as the crow flies i'd say it's quite it's kind of similar i think okay yeah, yeah. um but generally speaking because there's only one high school in a particular area right um you don't have that competition between schools so um i the last place i worked was in norfolk and there were lots of small rural schools but the, you could um choose between maybe three or four of them and it's feasible right. which ones you would go to um and there was terrible competition between the different schools mm. and um you know whether you got 50 percent a to c or whatever it used to what it's called now <laughs> i'm slightly beyond it but uh if you know somebody got 10 percent better grades than you did and then of course you know mm-hmm. you, your numbers went down and that, that's um you know that's that's not good for anybody really okay so that's that's the entry level and then what about um so you said does it go up to year 13 so it goes it does, up to yeah. Year form. Yeah. so 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 what next after that then for your students so, in radio what's been your sort of success stories where where do they go from from there? Most of them will uh, will go on to uh, universities, uh, despite universities being very um, expensive. Um, the but the, I, again at, at my high school, it, it's kind of norm, and many many parents have already been to university, so it's it's you know it's that generational thing. Really, if, if your family have done it already, then um, it's kind of an expectation. So the, the vast number of the students I teach will will be going to college. In fact, I mean, there will just be a handful of the um, two hundred kids that I uh, that I teach will, will not go to will go straight into work after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tend to go to local universities because they're generally they are cheaper. Um, but um, some, but they are, they have very good reputations. Um, mm-hmm. You may have heard of Purdue University. A lot of the astronauts went there. Oh wow! Um, so a lot of the kids. Um, particularly ones who are into engineering they'll, they'll move mm. on to there but we have um, a couple of universities that are have a great reputation for uh, for broadcasting um so many of my students will will go on to the those kind of mm. colleges as well so. brilliant and and do any of them uh, you know end up sort of through the glass with the media box uh, <laughs> getting well, work and going straight into sort of apprenticeships or like trainee internships Yes, many many of them do. Um, I mean, I've been there seven years now, so uh, mm. there are a number of students who have done their four year degree at one of the, uh, the, the places, and they're they're starting out on their their first jobs. So they'll they'll be on ESPN. They come might wow. start on sideline reporters for you know a minor sport perhaps. But um, there yeah, there are a number of students that I can see already have you know made excellent progress in uh, in what in what they want to do. And, um, and the radio station. The, yeah. the the radio station's got a number of uh, um, alumni who are you know very well known figures uh, across America. So because it's been going since 1963, we, we've got quite a long list of people that you know people in the UK will never have heard of, um, but they're equivalent to um, um, John Humphreys and Radio Four. You know that 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 kind mm. of figure. So. so amazing success and. Uh, 
I think to answer our question, is radio dead? Very much not. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> very not. Much, very much alive. And, uh, and do young people even care? It seems that they are absolutely thriving and and grabbing the opportunities that are coming their way, and uh, and so much sort of maturity and independence that they're kind of allowed through that. Yeah, and we've not even had time to talk about podcasts, which of course, when you think about radio nowadays, is, is the the upcoming area, and um, you know, half my kids do that. But um, maybe another episode, Natalie. Maybe another episode. So do their do their live shows then become podcasts, much like Teachers Talk Radio? Yes, they do actually. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but some kids concentrate on just producing podcast type things with yeah. high production values as well. So. Oh well, thank you so much for joining me this evening, Dominic. It's been uh, just. I just keep going, wow, that's incredible, fantastic. <laughs> well, it's been it's, lovely talking to you again, Natalie. It's been really yeah. fascinating. So so thanks a lot and, uh, and a huge thank you to the Teachers Talk radio family for their support with the show this evening. Um, and I always like to mention a show that I've recently listened to on Teachers Talk radio. Um, so highly recommended. Uh, ben Thomas was on yesterday and he was talking about a day in the life of a, a core curriculum leader um uh, so heads of departments do have a listen thanks a lot for listening to my show and i look forward to speaking to you all in a fortnight's time you've been listening to teachers talk radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from you next time on teachers talk radio